Welcome to the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan, a podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of the root of all success, the real Jason Duncan. The real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another episode. I am the real Jason Duncan. I've got a great guest for you today, and, and it's really a first for me. Uh, I, I actually, you'll hear me kind of c- become aware of this as I'm talking to Jake uh, in the show about it, but I actually do think now that the show, uh, I rec- I'm recording this intro after I've recorded the actual show with Jake, but now that I've thought about it, I really do think he's the first client that I've had on the show as a uh, as a guest on my show. So this is a first for me. So you're going to get to hear from someone that I've been coaching as a business coach for the last couple of years to see how his business has grown, to see what's been going on there. But but more importantly than my involvement, that is just how amazingly successful he's become in just a short period of time You using COVID as a launching spot place for him to say, you know what, everything's shut down. I'm going to, I'm going to dive really hard and heavy into this software project and get this thing launched a lot sooner than I would have otherwise. Jake Milner is my guest today, and he's the founder and CEO of a company called Nurture. It's N-E-R-C-H-E-R. It's a consulting group that's focused on helping businesses build operations that scale responsibly. So a lot of us as entrepreneurs, we want to scale, 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 but we don't do it responsibly. We run out of cash, even though our bottom line says we're profitable and we don't know what to do. So he and his team partners with small, they they partner with small to mid-sized companies to implement sustainable practices around three things. So he's got a big three blueprint, which we're going to talk a little bit about on the show where he talked, where the first part of that big three is inventory control. Second part is financial leadership. And the third part is this performance to plan management, which we'll dive into kind of break down a little bit in the show, but he works with companies anywhere from a $5 million supply distributor to a $75 million e-commerce business. And he's really good at his craft and he's has a relentless work ethic, which you hear him talk about uh, closer to the end of the show today. He has also built and launched a platform called Nurture 360 as a CRM and a uh, leadership kind of uh, leadership tool for people to see as small business owners to see what's actually going on in their business. And uh, it gives small businesses and their teams these actionable insights on things that they can do. And it gives them the answers to the right questions. So without any further ado, I would like to welcome the one and only Jake Milner to the show. Hey, Jake, welcome to the show, man. It's good to see you. Hey, man. Good to see you as always. I'm glad we're doing this, man. I've been excited about it. Yeah, well, we're, we're finally here, and I, I think this is your first ever podcast recording, right? Is that right? This is the first, man. I don't, I don't get a lot of time to uh, sit down, but anybody anybody that's ready to do this, uh, I'm ready to go, man. Let's, let's give it a shot. <laughs> well, I remember way back when I did my first show as a guest, uh, and it was exciting. I actually recorded mine at a radio station. There's a radio station here in Hendersonville, oh, yeah. Tennessee. 
And uh, a lady invited me to be on her podcast. I was like, yeah, I, I, that'd be cool. So I showed up and you know, wore the micro or you know, the headphones, had the big microphone on a boom. And but there were no cameras. Nobody got to see it other than the photographs we took that day. But uh, but you'll never forget your first. I was hoping we'd be able to do this in person and sit down and have the whiskey and the cigar and all that stuff. But we'll do that. We'll do that a different time. Yeah, so you and I both live in the Nashville area. We've uh, we've known each other through the Standard Club for I don't know four years, three or four years, and uh, you've been uh, a great client of mine. Which is, I don't think, as a matter of fact, I don't think I've, uh, I don't think I've, I'm trying to go back in my brain real quick. I don't think I've had another client of mine on the show nice. as a guest. So you might be the first client I've had. So I hear you have an amazing business coach. You might have to tell everybody about him. But, yeah, well, but I was going to say the fact that I'm sitting here should be a uh, nice, nice, awesome success story for both of us. Right. We're doing good. Well, so Jake, Jake, you live here in, uh, in the Nashville area. You've uh, got a very successful business in nurture. You've built up over the last several years. And, and really, COVID had a lot to do with you kind of going this direction, especially with Nurture 360, which is your software platform, software platform, which, by the way, everybody needs to go check that out. Nurture360.com. It's N-E-R-C-H-E-R 360.com. It's a fantastic CRM and leadership tool. Like I talked about in the intro for teams to, to not have to dig through data, but you, but that really was born out of COVID. So like your entrepreneurial journey really, is it, is it right to assume that kind of started during, during COVID? Um, in a sense, you know, part of it did, I, you know, going back a little bit, I, I had a job at the beginning. I had a job in sales, uh, B2B, run around trying to sell product. And, and I was awful at it. Terrible. Um, and the company that I was working for, you know, we eventually had to get on the phone and, and go, Hey man, this ain't going to work. Uh, but they needed help in warehouse operations and, um, you know, over at home base where they did order fulfillment and operations and inventory control and all this good stuff. And, I said, let's do it, man. And I got there and, uh, you know, when I saw all that stuff, I immediately knew, man, this is going to be my zone. I'm in, they had all these processes going on production, step-by-step manufacturing fulfillment. And I just loved it. Couldn't stop thinking about it. So I was, I was really heavy into the interest of, you know, operational process improvements and inventory control and financial improvements, um, early on. And, and when I started nurture, it was really, you know, I got everything together, had a great blueprint that I had watched work several times and packaged it all up and wanted to be able to do this with lots of small business owners, got it all ready, launched it up February, 2020. So here I was launched a full consulting and program, platform for, for small businesses. And as soon as I was ready, I like literally thinking back, I, I think I walked out of my house, got in the car to go do this. And then it was like COVID and all the small businesses went home. Right. So (laughs) I'd had the, I'd had the plans for this, for this software product for quite a while. And when COVID happened, I really just hit the gas on that. I said, Hey, you know, I can sit around and kind of complain, and, and be upset about this, or I can just put the foot on the gas and finish the software product, um, you know, uh, probably a year to a year and a half, really earlier than I had planned to. And, and that's what we did. So COVID definitely had a lot to do 
with the software side of things, uh, especially being ready right now. Yeah. What's well, interesting about about your story and in comparison to a lot of the stories that happened as a result of COVID is you had a lot of people believe in the news and the hype and the, all of the lies that we were told about how it's going to kill your grandma and you got to stay home and, 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 and pull back. The whole message was pull back. Don't, don't move ahead, pull back. It was almost as if uh, there was this, I'm not saying there was, but it's almost as if there was this grand idea that some mastermind back in the back, back in the shadows went, you know what, let's make sure everybody pull back about 10 years. And so a lot of people did, they pulled back about 10 years. They stopped going anywhere. They stopped doing anything. Businesses slowed to a halt, some shut down, but you, and, and thankfully you did. And so many others said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not doing that. I'm going to push forward and I'm going to get stuff done that I now have time to do. So um, in a way, I guess you could be thankful for COVID in a weird, in a, in a kind of a weird, uh, weird way. So is that it? What do you think about that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely an interesting time, man. It, it, it was, I mean, gosh, that was, that was quite a wild year. Um, but yeah, you know, in a sense, like I look back and I go, Hey, 2020 actually ended up being one of the best years I can think of. I mean, we, I got so much time at home, so much more time with the family. I, I found out I was so much more productive that way and able to just hammer out these projects. So of course, you know, I, you know, with what was going on and, and, and being mindful and doing the best thing for everybody, it was, you know, if, if, if people want to meet and people want to get together, I was happy to. And certainly I'm, you know, was cautious of everybody that has, you know, high risk family members and didn't want to have in-person meetings. And, you know, you just, you just do the best thing you can for everybody and everybody's, uh, everybody's viewpoint. But certainly Jason, I hammered out. I mean, I got a lot done. I will tell you that, you know, for the first few weeks of that, I was like, man, this is great. I get up, I have coffee, I hit the desk, I'm super productive. This is amazing. But after after a couple months of that, I got up and I made coffee and I was staying in my kitchen. I told my wife, I said, man, if I don't put clothes on and go somewhere, I'm not gonna get anything <laughs> done. This is this is starting to uh, this is starting to not work real well. But luckily I've got an office that you know, small office that I can get in when I need to go to and get work done. And, uh, not a lot of people here. So I was able to have that the whole time too. You know, that, that story too is a funny, interesting, uh, interesting sidebar. We could talk about the difference between working from home versus working at the office, working from anywhere. I, I work from home now, uh, full, you know, hundred percent of the time when I'm not traveling, I've been, I travel quite a bit if, as you know, but, but when I'm home, I, I love working here. I don't want to go to an office. I, 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 yeah. I don't ever want to go back to an office, but, but there are some people like my wife, she's like, I can't get anything done here. She has to go somewhere. If she has to do anything at all, she's like, I get, I can't do it here. But it sounds like you, you kind of have a good mixture of both. I got a good mixture of both. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I tell people I have two different zones. I've got a very, um, you know, I've, I've got a people zone and I've got a, a pro productivity and hammer things out zone. So depending on which one of those zones I'm in is, is a very different experience, but I, uh, I can be behind the computer for hours and get a lot of things done. But sooner or later, you know, what I really, really love to do is be on site with people and looking at, looking at operations and, process improvement opportunities and brainstorming with people. So I, 
I got to get around groups of people that, uh, that are just all about continuous improvement and, and hammering things out. So I, yeah, too much time behind doors by myself, not great, but definitely need that recharge time too. So what do you think? Um, so when you started your entrepreneurial journey, you know, you came out of selling, you discovered that you really love process improvements and, and flow of inventory and understanding all the numbers. You're very good at numbers, you know, understanding books, you know, P and L's balance sheet, that type of thing, cash flow reports. You discovered that's something that you had a uh, natural inclination towards. And then you decided to start a business. Why, why was it that decision as opposed to let me go get a corporate job making, you know, really good money doing that for somebody else. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. I, that company I was telling you about that I I moved out of sales and kind of jumped in their operation. Um, that really, that really sparked it. Right. So I, I was just super interested in that stuff and knew that, okay, this is where I'm going to be. Um, but as a business, we weren't we weren't good at it, right? And and I was certainly super young. I had no experience, but I had you know I was just driven, right? So that operation worked with really just a bunch of guys just muscling it. I mean, working as many hours as it took to figure it all out. Lots of heroics, like you and I have talked about before. Um, so, you know, I ended up that, that was a very small family business. And then I ended up having an opportunity to go to work for one of the largest companies in the world that, you know, like 360,000 employee type of companies. But they had these business divisions that, you know, regional offices and distribution centers that were all, you know, run like their own small businesses on their own P&L. Um, so I went to work for those guys, huge company, all the processes set up. Um, manage a little inventory team, manage a warehouse fulfillment team, and then eventually ended up um, running that building. And I just got a massive, massive education. But I'll tell you what was happening for me while I was there is, and I couldn't help it, the entire time I was there and I was getting this education on how to set up inventory to control, how to run these processes. I got some lean education uh, how to run a PL and a balance sheet for a business. The entire time it was happening for me, Jason, I couldn't, I was going, oh, this is what we should do in that little company. Oh, this is what would work in that small business. Oh, here is how we would control the inventory and fill all the orders in time at this small company over here. I just couldn't help it. And so the other thing that I realized while I was there is the difference between small business and big, giant corporate company. And that's that the small companies have it, have the hard part figured out. They've got great people that are in and committed and want to be there and want to do well. Uh, they're just missing a lot of the the structure and the processes and SOPs that that kind of make things tick. And so I immediately was in this headspace of how do I translate the best of this big business operation and fit it in with the best of small family run business uh, to really just make huge financial impact while maintaining that small business culture. And I was just, I was just driven by it. I mean, I was working on that, making notes all the time. And, uh, you know, I ended up going back to that small company with knowing what to do. And we straightened it up fast. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, process improvements and labor changes and shipping expense. I mean, 
we pulled all the low hanging fruit out of that small business. And I knew, okay, I've got the blueprint, right? So the, the beginning of the next year, we started nurture, started offering that same exact blueprint that we knew would work. And we've tweaked it a lot along the way, obviously, but that was the start of offering that same blueprint to small, you know, family run or small, small team friendly businesses that needed to, uh, you know, that needed to scale responsibly. Well, that's the story I think of most entrepreneurs. We look back at how they got started, how the idea was sparked is that they saw an opportunity. They saw avoid, avoid in the marketplace, something that needed to, to, to be fixed and, they themselves, as you did, had the unique ability to fix that. They had a superpower um, that was like, I can I can do that. I can fix that. So you you started your entrepreneurial journey just like a lot of other people did. You saw a problem. Small businesses don't have these processes in place. They don't have the SOPs in place. They don't have this stuff. I can help them because if I'm helping this company that's do that has three hundred sixty thousand employees, which is a billion you know billion dollar plus company, surely some of the same stuff will happen. And and so you built this thing with uh, with nurture called the big three blueprint, which I want to talk about in a minute, but, but why did you name the company nurture? Where'd that come from? You know, I just, the, the fun part for me, Jason is really like, I love all the, I love all the operations improvement and I love making impact in the financials. And it, it's all, it's all fun to me, like a big puzzle, but the, the best part. And the reason I think I really love this is when I see people on these teams that go, man, thank you. Like life just got a lot easier or we, we give a business owner some peace of mind, right? Like their system can run without them doing all the heroics. Um, you know, I love making employees lives better. Right. So I I really wanted to play on the word nurture, right? Because I, I was about, nurturing this small business, nurturing the staff and the team and the employees. Um, and then I just flipped up the spelling. So it would, you know, obviously cause a lot of conversations to have to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so it is nurture for those that are listening, N E R C H E R nurture is phonetically pronounced the right way. <laughs> yeah. uh, so nurture. So you named it nurture. And then over time you decided to come up with this thing called the big three blueprint. And uh, this big three blueprint goes through inventory control, financial leadership and performance to plan management, which are lots of inner uh, inner company jargon that most people listening is not going to know what the hell any of that means. So what does what does that mean? Let's talk about inventory control. That sounds like we might know what that means, but what does that mean? Yeah, so that it, it's straightforward. What I tell you is a lot a lot of small businesses think their problem is one thing and they're rarely on it. Right. So I have a lot of small businesses go, man, we can make a, we can make a ton of product. We just can't get it all filled and out the door. Okay. Or man, we do this thing really great, but we're struggling to, we're struggling to produce enough and stay on time. Right. Or we're struggling to figure out what to purchase. And they're always around the issue. But the truth is the foundation of all of this is on hand inventory control. So a lot of the people that we've worked with in, in the small business world, you end up with 
creative owners um, or somebody that had a, a really great idea for a product or a service, right? And then they wake up and they've got this whole business around them and they don't necessarily have, um, you know, operations or inventory control background. So it's really coming in and, and laying out very, very simple, straightforward, practical inventory control solutions for these teams. Uh, the truth is at the end of the day, Jason, you have to know what you have in order to know what you need, right? So whether you're, you're producing or manufacturing or purchasing from vendors, um, if your on-hand inventory is not accurate, what's going on is you're making bad purchasing decisions, uninformed, uh, uh, poorly informed production, scheduling, uh, and all these things just have a major impact on the bottom line. And the worst part for some of these companies is they've got a great product with a super high profit margin. Uh, so on the other end of the coin, you've got a great, a great product with high profit margin. You may not even realize you're completely overspending to just run your operation through the year. So the inventory control side is really about, hey, let's strip back down to the very basics, the very foundation uh, stop trying to shut your whole business down and count everything you got. We're going to, we're going to show up. We're going to implement some daily controls that keep you in the right place. Do small daily cycle counts, uh, that just validate you're in control. Um, and I tell you that the other place where, where a lot of people go wrong is they think the point of cycle counts and counting the inventory they have is to go and fix the count. Uh, so you really got to kind of change the mindset. It's, the point of your your inventory counts is not to go fix the count. The point of your inventory counts is just to validate whether you're in control and doing the right things all day long or you're not, right? And a lot yeah. of times we're not. So that's really the, the very first thing I do, especially with, with all the companies that are serving product and shipping product. The very first thing we do is a full deep dive audit on their inventory process to make sure we got the basics in place. So that's that kind of first step of that blueprint. So the inventory, I think most entrepreneurs who, who have a, a product that they're selling, obviously you don't do inventory control if it's digital, you know, there's no inventory to count. But if it's a, a physical product, uh, a widget of some sort, people don't think about the fact that whatever's sitting in the warehouse, whatever's sitting on a shelf somewhere, that's cash. That is that's that's cash. That is an asset to the business. And if you don't treat it as cash, if you treat it like a like if I'm selling coffee cups like this coffee cup I'm drinking out of right now, you know, that coffee cup, if I sell this coffee cup for 15 bucks, then every coffee cup out there in that warehouse is worth 15 dollars in cash to me. Yeah. And if I don't know how many of those I have, you know, somebody might say, you know what, I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a coffee cup home with me. One of your employees, you know what, I need a new coffee cup. I'm going to take one home. Well, they just stole $15 from you. And, and if we don't know where that inventory is going, man, that's, that's dangerous. So what nurture does, one of the things in your big three blueprints, you get in there and you show them how to control that on a daily basis without having to shut the business down, count everything. Cause we've all been in those stores where, we're doing inventory today and there's like everything's shut down. They're not doing anything at all to help, help the customers. Man. Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. As an entrepreneur, I know that you have to deal with sales on a regular basis. I mean, every entrepreneur does. And if you aren't paying attention to sales as an entrepreneur, you're not going to be an entrepreneur for very long. But I've got a sponsor of this show called Dub that helps you bring the personal back to sales. 
If you want to figure out how to improve content creation, improve client trust, improve your sales process, decrease the sales cycle, because we all know time kills deals. If you want to increase client bookings and increase conversions, you need to take a look at Dove. There's a special offer for Dove for listeners to The Root of All Success at therealjasonduncan.com slash Dove, and that's D-U-B-B. I've been using this for years. I'm a huge fan, and I'm so honored that they're our primary sponsor of the podcast. They have helped over 60,000 businesses around the world communicate better, to make sales easier, to make sales more personal. Dub is built for growing teams. I mean, you can set up video emails, you can set up custom onboarding, you can do admin reporting, anything you need around video and sales and automation, Dub is there. You can try Dub now. Your conversions to sales are waiting. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. And there you're going to get two weeks for free to try Dub. Plus, you're going to get 50% off your first two months of Dub. You can't, you can't beat that. So go check it out. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the Yellow Pages. You remember those things? <laughs> and 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram reels or TikTok or YouTube shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't, I don't know what to talk about. Well, story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the Zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions. They add the relevant hashtags. And they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly what you need to be in business today. And to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Well, the second part, well, the second part of your big three blueprint is about financial leadership. And this is the part where I find it's really uh, it's an interesting, interesting thing that you do because you're so good at understanding the numbers much better than I ever, ever have been or ever will be. Um, Why is that part of your why is that part of your big three? 
you know, this this financial leadership part is really is really just something I I see missing in a lot of the a lot of the leadership in companies that are you know going from their from their three and four and five million up to up to 10, 15, 20 million in sales. Um, because what you see a lot of the times is those those guys are those guys are in the work and they're they're running and gunning and hammering and it's you know at best a lot of the times you see okay the month is over uh, we're going to get together and and have a financial meeting or the month is done and we're going to get together and see how it went and my my point for everybody is if you run your business all month and you run and gun and just get everything done and then after the month closes and is over you sit down to to have a financial meeting why? What if you don't like what you see? What What are you going to do about it? Right? It's it's over. It's too late. So a lot of our financial leadership is is set up so that we serve our next phase, which we'll talk about performance to plan management. But it's set up to really serve a process that keeps you in the know at least at a weekly huddle basis. Um, the financial leadership part. I mean, honestly, man, I work with some. I work with some really, really smart people. Uh, one of the companies that I'm I work with right now and have have been there over a year now, right? Like, if I'm not actively on client projects, I'm at this company because it's that's a whole nother discussion. It's the best culture I've ever seen. Hope I'm there for a long, long time. But there's really, really smart guys there. And then I've got the other. The other uh, creative business owners we talked about are small teams that are really keeping up with just fast growth and they're not financial leaders. So we actually come in and run uh, financial analysis for these business owners, but with the business owners. So we walk through their P&L, we walk through their balance sheet, we tour the operation and we actually talk about uh, the key metrics they need to track. We talk about the, the changes and the opportunities they have and where they'll flow through to the financials so we can actually prove this out and build a plan with the business owners. But Jason said, you know, all said and done at the end of a project, we actually have a process in place where a business owner that maybe wasn't necessarily financially savvy or good with business financials when we met now has a process in place to analyze where they're at on a weekly basis to get to that month close. And our biggest, the biggest one there, and you know this as well as anybody, small business owners, profit is not cash, right? And a lot of the growing operations, I can't tell you how many meetings I've had where people go, hey, look at this nice black number at the bottom of this P&L. And you go, yeah, that's awesome. Well, where's my money? I don't have any cash, right? So a lot of it is educational on, you know, what true cash in the small business is and what the difference, what the difference operationally is to, to create and turn cash versus a profit. Uh, so we've got some nice tools that we've built out over the years. We've got some things we put in place with people to really get them an understanding of, hey, I can, uh, I can turn a profit. But if I want to turn a cash profit, including all those things that we pay out on the balance sheet, credit card debt, buying inventory, paying off loans, all that stuff is cash out of the business that doesn't show on your P&L, right? The interest is on the P&L, the principal and all your other stuff is cash out. So we've got some simple tools in place that just lay out for the business owner. Here's how we're trending. Here's what it means. Here's what that means in terms of true cash. 
And if we want a certain true cash as profit at the end of the month, here's our actual break-even sales amount. So all said and done, my favorite part, man, is they don't have to know any of this. They don't have to be great at it. When we finish the projects, we have live dashboards and they have weekly check-ins with us where we kind of say, here's where we're at. Here's how it's going. Here's what this means. Uh, continue what you're doing or let's make a couple changes and we go another week. So you've got the financial leadership, inventory control, and then the, the last piece of your three big, big three blueprint is performance to plan management, which is probably the most um, insider jargon <laughs> phrase that you've got in those three. Like what in the world does that mean? What does performance to plan management mean? Yeah, it, it, it's very simple. I, I think, you know, without meeting any any team, I can guarantee you one thing about your people. They want to know what the goal is and they want to know how they're doing in relation to that goal. So I can tell you, I, I see a lot of places that what they do is they run and gun and they try real hard and then they come back tomorrow and they do it again, right? And if you go and you say, hey, what's the plan? What or what? What's the goal? What's the sales plan this month? How much are we aiming to spend on X this month? They go, what plan, right? So performance to plan management for us is a, is a very stripped down, simple way of giving everyone as much transparency to where do we want to be and where are we right now? And what do we got to do to get there by the end of the month? So we build out some very simple departmental dashboards. Uh, we have a weekly huddle process with, with executive teams or departmental teams if, if needed uh, that, that are shorter than 15 minutes. And, and what performance to plan means is everybody has a plan. Everybody knows what we're shooting for. And at least on a weekly basis, we huddle up and we show visuals of here's the goal. Here's where we're at. Here's what we need to make it by the end of the month. And people, people will, uh, I'll tell you, people will impress you, man. And people will shock you. It's amazing. A lot of places that don't have the target or don't have the goal. And of course there's a, there's a full process to land on the KPIs and the metrics that really matter, right? Cause you don't want to measure everything, but you want to measure what matters to the business, but people will, uh, it's amazing what just having the goal will do, right? Um, you know, we worked with a small a small sales team recently that didn't have didn't have a plan. They had a bunch of great people that would try real hard every day, and the simple act of saying, "All right, here's our revenue goal as a business. Here's how it breaks down to each of you individually," and they all went and blew it out of the water because they simply had something they were shooting for. Um, so all said and done, performance to plan management, it's just a visual process to say, here's how we're doing. But it, yeah. it banks on having all the right metrics for all the right departments that point everybody in the same direction for the company. What's been the, uh, what's been the most fun part about being an entrepreneur for you? Oh, man. Um, you know... I think the most fun part to me is twofold on the, on the business front, there has been a lot of variety and a lot of new projects and different teams and, and getting to, uh, you know, getting to make changes like that and, and be in with a lot of these business owners on their planning and strategy. That's huge for me on the personal side, having, uh, having some freedom, man. I mean, 
you kind of know my story, right? But when I set out to do this, I think everybody has a a rainbow picture in their head, right? Like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to, I'm going to hang out with my family all day, every day and do whatever I want because I have a business. And, you know, for years and years, that's, it's the complete opposite. So you're just, you know, I'm something you talk about a lot that I'm certainly guilty of is, is the hero syndrome and being prisoner in my own business. So, you know, to your question the on the personal side, I'm really just now starting to figure out some balance and, and really lean into what's most important and get some, get some time back. Um, and really just focused on what is, what's essential, right? Because I think we all build up our week and have 150 billion things to do. And when you really dive into that, you go, well, these two are massively important and, uh, I need to do these and then focus on what's important. So just, you know, I think learning those things along this way, because I'm a, I'm a workaholic, um, to be honest, I, I dive into a company and I'm like, man, I'm in, I'm on the team. I help execute. I help lead. I'm in here. Like I'm all in, but learning how to pull back a little bit and balance and spend time with the family. It's really what you do this for, right? Uh, Well, yeah, that that is why you do it. I believe the business ownership uh, is the point of business ownership is not running the business. It's that the business provides you with the financial resources to live the type of lifestyle that you want to live. So how did you learn, you know, if you, if you enjoy the variety and you enjoy the freedom and you're finally getting to that balance, how did you learn how to do that? Uh, guys like you, man, (laughs) I, uh, I, you know, actually in, in all seriousness, you, you had a major impact on, on my mindset for this whole thing. And I, I worked with a couple of other guys that really just, you know, painted some clear pictures for me. Um, I think, I think realizing that I had, I, I have the hero syndrome, uh, that you often talk about just knowing it and, and seeing that in myself, I go, okay, how do I, how do I start to work on this? Because what's funny is you talk about the hero syndrome for business owners and entrepreneurs a lot. And the same way I, you know, part of our blueprint, right. Cause all of those, all those major categories have a lot of, a lot of steps within them and a lot of process to get through. But part of that is something I call kill the heroes. Right. And we've talked about it. Um, I know it sounds, it sounds kind of violent, right. But it's really the same thing within, within your business operation, you find those guys that you go, man, if we didn't have so-and-so here, the place would fall apart. Right. And you need to realize, Hey, that's amazing. That's great. And you need this person here for a long, long time, but we need to, we need to take this person and let them help develop systems and processes that are repeatable and then have that person as an expert, not as a hero. Right. So you got to go, you got to go find those. So you and I are actually coaching a lot of the same things for different people. And here I am doing that in small businesses all the time. And then you said it to me and I go, what I have, (laughs) that's me. Um, (laughs) So you just, yeah, you just got to have the right, you got to have the right people around you, man. Like the best, the best thing for me over the past few years is I've gotten some great people around me that there's no question. They all want to see me, uh, see me succeed and I want to see them succeed. So you, you just, you keep the right people around you and you just learn a ton. 
Well, so what, what do you think success is? Like you just said, they, you want to see them succeed. They want to see you succeed. So what does Jake Milner think that success is? Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That, and that's different for everybody, right? For me, for me, success means, uh, it means freedom, right? For me, success means the freedom to work on the projects that I want to work on. And I, you know, something I said early on is I, I really want to be at the place where if you see me working in a company or on a client project, it's because I want to be and not because I have to be. Um, and right now I've got, I've got a couple of people that, um, you know, help run projects and project manager. And I can certainly be where I want to be for the most part, but that that's really what success is, is, is for me is freedom. It's not necessarily, um, you know, there's certainly a financial part to that, uh, but it's not as much about money for me. It's the freedom to work on what I want to work on and the freedom to focus on my family and my, and, and my kids. I really just wanted to end up in a place where I could show my kids, you can do your own thing. You can have a business if that's what you want to do. Um, you can crush it, right? And you can do it the right way and treat people the right way and, uh, you know, be an example. So success to me would be just that. I'm an example for my kids and uh, I have the freedom to work on what I want to work on. Um, almost there. <laughs> no, well, that was going to be my follow-up question is that with that as a definition, do you consider yourself to be successful? Um. I, I consider myself to be successful, but I also consider myself to never truly be satisfied. Um, so yeah, in, in terms of my definition of success, it's an almost, and we're working very, very hard to get there. It's uh, what I do, you know, with the company that I, I mean, nearly full full time spend my time with and then the other projects that we have going on with nurture it i i feel good about where i'm at and i feel very successful and i also know there's a long long way to go to be who i want to be yeah and i think that story uh what you just told there that that perspective is just a testament to your character integrity and humility you know i've 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 really enjoyed uh, becoming friends with you. I know, I know, you know, you're a client, but I, I really consider you a friend of mine and I've, I've seen how you're the growth that you've had over just the last two years. We've been working together to see how that's changed and, and that freedom. Cause I know you were hustling and grinding at first. And then you got to that point where I think you, I, I think I remember that night at the, at the standard, you came up to me and you're like, Hey man, Remember you told me to go and ask for more money. I don't remember. I don't remember the details of it, but you're like, it happened, you know, and it, like you got this big contract boast with one of your clients and to see you grow into this ability to have that freedom. But to know that you're successful yet not satisfied, you're going to continue to work towards something greater. That's right. I think that's phenomenal. And I know I know your wife uh, appreciates that. And uh, I know your kids do because you spend a lot of time. Uh, focus on your family. And, and I know we can all appreciate this. As a matter of fact, you've missed both of our Exeter club retreats this year because of family stuff. <laughs> I have, man. I have, but it's, it, it is definitely what's most important. I, I want to be with them and I'm, you know, I'm coaching 10 year old football. I think that that's what I found out this year is, man, if I could coach 10 year old football and be exactly where we need to be, I would do it in a heartbeat. We've had a blast, but yeah, I, I want to be at all of that stuff. Like, like most dads, man. 
Well, that's that's really, really good. So, um, you know, you, you've got a lot of way. You got a long way to go to get to where your mind says that, you know, you can get to. That's right. But but you've come so far in such a short period of time building nurture and then the software product nurture 360. What would you say the keys are to your success? If you look back and say this this thing, this is one of the keys to help me unlock success. What is it? Yeah. You know, I, I think. The key to my success uh, so far has just been, I, I think, the fact that I'm relentless. Uh, you know, I tell some of these business owners, you know, if if we're working on something and and it takes, I mean, it takes what it takes, right? Like, I, I will not stop until we get where we said we were going to be, right? And I, I think on top of just being like having a, a, a relentless work ethic, which I, th- I think I do. Um, there's just a level of honesty there because I, you know, I'll take us back a little bit. One of the things that was happening at that small company when I went back and we helped just really streamline is I also got some exposure to consultants and I, I hated them. And I'll t- I tell people still, I hate consultants. I do because my experience was, you know, these were guys that would show up and tell you everything that you were supposed to do and tell you a lot of what you know you should be doing. And then they go, yeah, you should do that. And they leave. And, uh, I just said, you know, I, I want to, I want to consult, but I want to do it differently. And I want to actually be in and help lead and help execute because a lot of what people are missing is they know what they know what they need to do, or they know about what they need to do. And it, they don't have a clear plan to execute. So back to the key, I, I think for me, it's been honesty because the truth is if I go meet with business owners and I, I tour what they're doing and have a look at the operation, the truth is I haven't had to do it many times, but the truth is if I don't think I can help, I just tell you, um, I just go, Hey, I, I don't think we can really help. And I've had to, I've had to do that on, probably two places where I said, you know what? I I don't think I'm the best, but I would much rather maintain a relationship with that person and, and have the trust over, you know, over some money. Right. Because I think a lot of people that do this just sell, sell, sell. And it's all about signing more, more projects and more contracts. And then they, they figure out, what are we going to do? And I, I just don't want to be that. So I think there's, there's plenty of business and plenty of opportunities for everyone's skill set, And I want the best match because at the end of the day, I just want to go, uh, I want to finish a project and I want people to be thrilled with what's happened and thrilled with the changes. And, uh, that's what's most important. So I think a relentless work ethic, gotta have it. And then, uh, just some integrity and some honesty about what you're doing. Uh, cause I, I think that's lacking today in a lot of places. Yeah, I would agree. And I, and I look at that too, as your, your keys to success and knowing, you know, knowing you as well as I do over the last couple of years, working together as a, as a coach and a client, I've seen that relentless work ethic. I've seen that honesty and then integrity come through. And I, like I mentioned that earlier. So I, I, I look at that, those, I certainly I agree with you as keys to your success. I do want to ask a question that I can't ask most of the folks that, that are on the show um, without it sounding 
uh, well, I can't ask you. I could ask everybody, but I can't ask you this question without it sounding self-serving. So I'm going to try to make this not a self-serving question. But what, how do you think the role of having a business coach? And I, and again, I could ask anybody that question who's had coaches and they could talk freely about it. But I know that I am your coach and you're part of my mastermind group. So I'm not looking for self-serving answers here. But like, what role has a coach what, what role do you consider a coach to be in success of any entrepreneur's journey to success? Yeah. So perspective, uh, perspective and honesty. Um, you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people go through business coaches and what they really want is someone to tell them what they want to hear. And I, I think <laughs> what I have, what I have really enjoyed about the process of, of actually having a business coach is that, um, you know, and, and in your case, Jason, you, I, I enjoy the fact that you're not afraid to tell me, Hey, I don't think you're thinking about this quite right. Or like, Hey, I think what you're doing might not be exactly what you need to do. And you have to have that around you because, you know, if you're just, if you're just, you know, I think somebody with a terrible ego would go, Oh, well that he's a horrible business coach or he's not very smart. Let's on to the next one. Right. But you have to, you have to keep that around you just for perspective. So I can't tell you that, you know, I, I've had countless times that you and I got together and I said, man, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm, I'm really about to go after. And this is how we're going to set it up. And you just, I think what you do so great, it's funny how many um, parallels there are from, from you to a client and from me to business owner clients, because it's all about asking questions. And, uh, you know, for my case, it's like, I'm great at all these things for these other businesses. And then for mine, I'm clueless. Right. But it's all about asking the right questions. I think you have a knack for just, asking great questions that just take you to the next, the next level. Okay. Well, let's, let's unpack that. Now I'm at another level. And, uh, you, you know, you know, probably what I'm talking about, but there's, there's a couple of, there's a couple of meetings in particular where you, you ask some questions that really put me back and made me go home and do some soul searching. Um, and I think that's what you have to have in a, in a coach. Uh, they're, they're not there to just cheer you on. They're there to make sure you get where you want to go. Even if the, you know, there's agreement on where you want to go, but if that strategy and what you're doing needs to change, they're there to help you change it. And, and I think, you know, something you say all the time is you got to have a business coach. You got to have a business coach. And I would tell anybody that's trying to, start, grow a, a business, uh, guys that are trying to freelance, I would echo it. You, you have got to find a good coach and you've got to have people in the corner that aren't afraid to, aren't afraid to just kind of push you back a little bit and make you think. Well, I, I appreciate your perspective. And again, I, I know it's a, it's a hard question for me to ask without sounding like I'm just fishing for compliments, but I, but I do think that, 
Um, I believe that everybody should have a business coach. I know that I am a business coach and people might think, well, that's easy for you to say because you're just trying to get more business. But I, I believe that for a long time, even before I was officially a business coach with my own business, I, I know that my life changed when I hired a business coach, literally changed. That's when my life financially, it's when I became a millionaire. That's those, that's when business blew up for me because it's like you said, perspective. Like we can't see what we, we don't even know what we're looking for. We're so focused on doing the deal every day in our business. Right. A coach is supposed to give us that perspective. And I, I, it's been an honor to work with you. I mean, you, you, you've been a great client and friend over the last couple of years. You're one of the charter members of my Exeter club mastermind. And, you know, it's an honor to know you an honor to see your business grow. What's the best way for people to reach out to Jake Milner and nurture? Oh yeah, you can get me. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, so it's Jake Milner on LinkedIn. Uh, you can email. Uh, I give you Jake J A K E at nurturegroup.com. All right, Jake at Nurture. That's N E R C H E R group.com. And uh, you've got the Nurture 360. I want you to do a little plug there because I think that software is phenomenal. So Nurture 360 is a CRM and a leadership tool. Um, I think it's phenomenal. People can go to nurture360.com and check it out. What, anything that you want to say about Nurture 360? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, something we did was kind of pull all the parts and pieces that, uh, that you need into a, into a simple platform. So we worked with a lot of small teams that were really just overpaying for tons of software and, and really paying for a ton of functionality that they don't need or didn't know how to use. And we pulled all the bits and pieces that really help. So Nurture 360 is really a, uh, it's got a full, a full sales pipeline, but it really lets people, it's been great for small businesses, coaches, consultants, freelancers. Uh, in a nutshell, it really lets you go from managing new potential clients or new potential deals all the way through your sales process. But then once you win a new deal or new client, uh, it's got some functionality that just lets you switch right over into project management and organize all the client projects. So it's uh, I like to call it sales pipeline and project management done the easy way because it's very stripped down, very simple. There's not a lot to figure out there. And small business guys are loving it so far. We're, we're really excited about it. And there's probably going to be some some big marketing push for that over the next year, which is exciting. So there's there's going to be some cool things coming out of that, too. Well, I think the best thing that I know about that about that software, this is what we loved at my lighting company where we started using it a couple of years ago, is uh, is the pipe sales pipeline visuals because we had been doing what your software does automatically. We've been doing it manually in Excel for a long time because we had these stages of the sales process. We'd have the prospect, you know, we'd reach out to, and then we'd have a discovery call meeting, and then we'd have the you know, the audit and then we'd have the, you know, blah, 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 go all the way down to the big pitch at the final. Yeah. And we would track what percentage, uh, a percentage of deals would move from one stage to the next and then from the next to the next to the next to the next. And we'd say, Hey, we're losing most of our deals between these two stages where something we can, and your software automatically does that. So I can't recommend it enough. People need to go to nurture360.com yes. and, uh, it is right it's not it it's nurture360.com and can i can I, i'll say one more thing about nurture 360 because it, my favorite part again i hate consultants right and, and so i had so many you, 
you've seen this. I had so many sales consultants come into some of the small teams that I was on and, and they start by asking questions. They start by asking things like, well, how many, how many emails does it take you to get a call? How many calls to get a meeting? How many meetings does it take to get this? You know, which are all the right questions to build your pipeline assumptions. But small business owners don't know. They don't know. They don't know how to answer those questions, right? So what happens is your sales consultants start building plans based on guesses. Uh, but what Nurture 360, uh, one of the coolest parts about what it does is actually gives you the answers to those questions. So once you're in it yep. and you use it for a full sales cycle, you're moving deals across the board. But in the background, we're collecting all of that information and data. And we just give you those answers displayed on a screen without you having to try to figure it out. So, you know, in the event that it, it serves you for a long time, great. In the event you got to graduate and you get a lot bigger and go to something else, well, at least you have those answers, right? Now you can build a full sales process. So, yeah, kind of sparked, kind of, kind of sparked again from, man, I'm tired of these consultants asking all these great questions and just leaving. Uh, we really want to, we really want to <laughs> do something and build something that, that helps. Uh, that's what we're after. Well, Jake, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Your first podcast of many to come, I'm sure now is in the bucket. So thank you for being here on the show. Thank you for being a friend and a client. Uh, I'm excited to see where nurture goes in the future, big, big contracts, big clients, but most importantly, how you're going to get that freedom. And I'm hundred percent have that freedom to do what you want, when you want, where you want, with who you want at any time. And I'm looking forward to walking with you on that journey. So Jake, thank you for being on the show and I will see you soon. Yeah, man. Thanks so much for doing it. It was an absolute pleasure. Uh, let's get together soon, man. It'd be great to see you. Well, there you have it. Another very successful entrepreneur about his journey to success and his keys to success. As he talked about today was this relentless work ethic and this honesty and integrity. And if you ever get the chance to meet Jake Milner in person, it won't take you long to know that that's not just fluff. That's not blowing smoke. The guy is relentless. Uh, he has a great work ethic, but more than any, either of those two things, he's just a great guy. Like he has integrity. He's honest. He does what he says he's going to do. There's no pretense in this guy. And that's why I love him. And I love working with him as a coach to watch his business continue to grow. And I know that uh, Nurture and Nurture 360 are going to do some amazing things over the next several years. But uh, anyway, Jake, congratulations, buddy. I'm proud to know you. Thank you for being on my show. Uh, it, his definition of success was freedom. And I think that's all everything that we're looking for. So when you hear the outro today, I want you to pay attention to that because the, the outro, my, my, my guy, my voiceover guy is going to tell you a way that you can get in touch with me to figure out how to get to your freedom. So until next week, when I bring out another very successful entrepreneur to talk about his or her journey to success, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. 
Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.